The scripture for this morning is Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God, thank you for calling us into your mission fields. We are ready and willing. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Laura. Hey, everybody. It's a happy Sunday, and uh, all of you gathered in here and all of you scattered out there, uh, we are all one faith family in Jesus. And, uh, you know, after my announcement last Sunday, I thought last Sunday was the last day of winter. You go, whoa. Although I do remember about five years ago, uh, one April, we had snow three Sundays in a row in April. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was brutal. Anyway, I just want to add a little bit to what Michael shared earlier. Um, you know, I believe that Faith Westwood has more going for it than any United, other United Methodist Church in, in Omaha. And I'm not trying to, you know, have, make it be a competition, but, but I believe that you have such a powerful and promising future. Uh, you know, like a lot of us, I'm, I'm disappointed that 15 families have either decided they don't want to stay United Methodist or they're going to decide that it's, they've told us. And, and, uh, but because I see that God is at work here. And so I also see you rising to this moment, rising to the occasion. One more thing. Um, uh, not this Thursday, but a week from Thursday during Holy Week, uh, is Maundy Thursday, and that's April 6th, and uh, before our service, we're going to be serving a light supper. Just, we're just going to come together and eat and enjoy each other's company. Uh, we'll have a couple kinds of soup, plus salad and bread rolls and some cookies for dessert, and then, uh, so come when you can, all right, from 6 o'clock on, and then uh, 7 o'clock, we'll, we'll come in here for our communion service. Uh, also that night, uh, middle and high school students are going to be doing the serving and the cleaning up, and so we'll have a little free will offering there that'll help give them scholarships for their mission trips this summer, all right? Uh, now, during Lent, uh, we've been praying this Sabbath blessing prayer uh, that's come from Pete Gregg, so let's do that again today, shall we? Let's pray together. May this day bring Sabbath rest to my heart and my home. May God's image in me be restored and my imagination in God be restoried. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May I know the grace to embrace my own finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed me and his spirit lead me into the week and into the life to come. Amen. 
in my, in my wife's hometown in, in Kentucky, the local Chevy dealer for many years was Sam Cummins. Uh, and the longtime high school football coach in town was Homer Goins. And I always thought they should have partnered up in the car business. They could have called it Cummins and Goins Chevrolet. Wouldn't that be awesome, huh? Get your next car at Cummins and Goins. The biggest little word in the Bible is go. But before we're ready to go for Jesus, we must come to Jesus. And that's the heart of today's message. I hope you'll write it down. You can talk about it at home with your family. You can talk about it with your faith group. Uh, let's say it together, shall we? Wait a let's, let's see if we can get it on the screen. There we go. Before we're ready to go for Jesus, we must come to Jesus. One of the boldest things that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount was this. He said, many will say to me on that day, meaning judgment day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. He's talking about busy people, people who like to be in charge, people who like to take the credit, people who love to work for the Lord. They could be prophesying, exorcising, healing, or they could be chairing meetings, teaching Sunday school, or handing out food. Jesus might say to someone, you know, those are all things I want my followers to be doing. But in your case, something is still missing. You're not one of mine yet. And oh, how I wish you were. You go out and do things for me, but you've never come to me in faith and repentance and to begin a new life. And oh, how I wish you would. And maybe some of you are sitting here thinking, oh, I wonder if Jesus is talking about me. Do I know him personally? Have I, have I surrendered my life to him in faith and repentance? Have I, have I been rebirthed in the spirit? And if the answer to those questions is maybe no or I'm not sure, before we leave today, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes. And, and after we come to know Jesus, we keep coming to him. Why? Well, it's the same reason, because every day before we go out for Jesus, we must come to Jesus. This is the final Sunday in our uh, series called Be Still. It's about having a regular quiet time alone with the Lord. And, and today we're talking about how our quiet time prepares us for our daily mission. And our theme verse for this series, uh, every Sunday has been Psalm 4610, where God says to us, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, there's a few Bibles in front of you. It's on page 1,000 at the end of Matthew's biography of Jesus. Uh, those of you at home, I hope you'll grab a Bible and follow along with us. 
Now, at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus, I mean, this is the Easter passage, right? Jesus is raised from the dead. Later in the week, he meets his disciples maybe two or three days uh, north of, in Galilee. Uh, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples, so the 12 minus Judas the betrayer, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So this would be their last retreat with him. And the way I picture it is that when they arrive, they, they see Jesus up there ahead of them, may, maybe higher up on the mountain. And verse 7 says, When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Now, why did some of them doubt? Uh, well, it could be they're still trying to wrap their heads around this whole idea of the miracle of the resurrection. How could this happen? Or maybe they weren't quite sure if that was really Jesus they were seeing up there. I expect that there was some distance involved because in verse 18 it says, then Jesus came to them. So they came to Galilee to see him, and when they saw him, he came to them. Now, meeting in Galilee was a good idea, way better than Judea. Uh, you know, in Galilee, they could kind of be alone for a while. They weren't concerned about guards and soldiers storming in. Um, we don't know how much time Jesus spent with his disciples there. It could have been a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. Who knows? Matthew was one of the 11. And he tells us the, the most important thing that Jesus said during that time. And it's found in these last three verses. So let's start where the quote begins in the middle of verse 18. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus, who was crucified and raised from the dead, now reigns as this world's rightful ruler. And he is launching a mission to reclaim and renew the earth with the power of his truth and love. These verses uh, here at the end of Matthew, we call them the Great Commission. So if somebody ever says to you, has your pastor ever taught you about the Great Commission? You better say yes, right? Um, so verse 19 starts out, therefore go. Therefore what? Therefore go and do what? And make disciples of all nations. So Jesus is saying, if you're my disciple, then go and join me in my disciple-making mission. He, he's saying, I've got stuff for you to do every day. Let's get going. Now, in this, in this verse, I find the, the phrase, um, make disciples, kind of a bit awkward. Uh, it, it, sometimes it feels like, you know, we're forcing people <laughs> to become his disciples, but, but, but Jesus never forced anybody. It, it's, it's translating a Greek word, the Greek word disciple, which is usually a noun, right? It's a person. Uh, but here, it's a verb. It's an activity. So another way to translate it would be go and disciple all nations. Disciple people. Jesus wants you to be a disciple who disciples others. 
He wants you to, to help them come to know him and then, and then follow him. And, uh, and when that happens and when they respond to him in faith and repentance, then he says, okay, then, then baptize them and, and teach them everything that I said and did so that they can obey me in all things. And then we come to the last sentence in Matthew's gospel. So skip down a little bit. Uh, the end of verse 20, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's saying, wherever you, wherever you go, discipling people for me, he says, remember this, I am with you always. Back in the, in the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel, the scripture that we, we find around Christmas time, uh, we learn that Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And here, the last thing he says at the, at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, I am with you. Every day. Every day, Jesus is with you. Every day, he's calling you. Let's spend some time together, shall we? You see, before we're ready to go for Jesus, we must come to Jesus, right? Now, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to disciple people. We'll have plenty of time to be in mission with the Lord. But first, let's spend some unhurried time in his company. He, he has things for you to do today. But first, he wants to give you the love and the strength to do them. You can't do them on your own love. You can't do them with your own strength alone. He says, stop a while. Be still. Be with me. Now, I'd like to invite up Donna Sandoval uh, to come up and share with us a little bit. Donna is our director of worship. And uh, three years ago, Right about now, this month, uh, life got more complicated for her when the, when the COVID hit, and uh, so we began pre-recorded worship, and then we began live streaming, and so Donna's had to learn a lot in a short amount on the run, and um, so, but learning is always a part of leading, right? Anyway, uh, Donna and I talked earlier this week and and uh, asked her to come and share with us a little bit about what's going on with her um donna i know you, god's been kind of stirring up some new things for you you know kind of another phase of your faith walk with him um and and being still has been part of that so tell us a little bit about that <clears throat> Well, if you know my personality at all, you know that being still does not come natural. Mm -hmm. um, my personality type, my orientation to time is forward. Move fast, um, get it done, and um, that concept of being still sounded like a torture yeah i remember when i first came here one of your favorite words i learned was bulldoze yes bulldoze <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, and um, I thought, you know, slowing down, be still, contemplation, uh, meditation, all those things just sounded um, like for monks mm -hmm. or, or nuns, um, neither of which am I. Yeah. And um, so I, I just felt like I'd wake up in the morning and my list of to-dos pretty much commanded my day, mm -hmm. you know, things to get done. Now, they were all good things, right? right. Um, but checking in with God, being still, uh, that was difficult for me. Right. Yes. So what did you start doing? What happened? Well, it was really a strange Thing. I started waking up at 3.30 in the morning, which was never a natural thing for me. And I thought there's either something wrong with my body or my mind, mm -hmm. or maybe God was calling me to spend some of this time with him. Mm -hmm. What a concept, huh? Right. And um, I, I realized, or I started researching meditation and contemplation and, and realized it was in the early church, a part of the rhythms of a disciple. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give this a whirl. I, you know, you shared with me the, the Lectio Divina app, mm -hmm. and I love that app. Um, and so I started, you know, some other meditation apps. And the first few times, it, it was uncomfortable. Right. I mean, I would start and either fall asleep or just think of all the things that I have to do and I got to get going. And then the more I practiced it, the more that I, I sensed like there was something going on inside of me. Mm. It was changing me from within. Spending time with God was changing me on, on the inside. And then it became evident on the outside. I remember a, a person saying to me, oh, you just seem softer. <laughs> And um, after, you know, I just thought, wow, that's evidence of your moving in my life, God. Yeah. yeah. Anything else about what you saw God kind of doing in you and how it affected things? Well, um, I was really praying about this part because this is really personal and, and, and kind of, you know, vulnerable. Um, and so I, I was spending time with God, and, and I didn't grow up in an environment where there was physical hugs, you know, okay. or physical, you know, out of girls or anything. My dad left when I was really young, and my mom uh, wasn't in that uh, personality. And um, so to hear someone, a parent say, you know, good job, or I love you. I haven't heard those words. And for me, my relationship with God was I wasn't sure he loved me. But this being still mm -hmm. gave him an opportunity to communicate that to me. What happened? Um, one day I said, God, I need a hug. I didn't think about it. It wasn't premeditative. It wasn't like this was one thing in my life that I had not It just had. blurted it, out I of just, you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and God honored it. Mm, and and all of a sudden, I felt His presence. I felt His embrace. Mm. And I felt this love of a father. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that's a huge mark for me that I go back to every once in a while is it wasn't that long ago mm. that this happened. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, you're waking up early, you're spending time, you're learning to meditate mm -hmm. and uh, spend time in contemplative prayer and then you have this big experience. Mm -hmm. What, how does that affect your, your daily life? What's happened? Has it been in? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's opened my eyes okay. um, in a new way. I mean, I, I gave my heart to the Lord many, many, many years ago. But he's showing me that we're always on a journey. We're, we're never perfected here. We're, we're in progress. And so he's opened my eyes to opportunities that did I not see them before? Was I not really, you know, available before? Um, opportunities like seeing people in a new way and being interruptible. Okay. Um, the other day I was, I, I just recently moved and um, I was in a new business in my new community, you know, and I, I had seen this person multiple times, but just hi, you know, small right. talk, that kind of stuff. And then one day she just stopped me. Oh, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And she began to tell me a story about a family member who was worried about going to hell. Oh. Yeah. And I was able to talk to her a little bit about that and, and encourage her to, you know, come to church, you know, maybe take that person to go see the Jesus revolution, you know, just little tiny steps towards yeah. a relationship with God. And, but I don't recall telling her I'm a Christian. Mm. I don't recall telling her I, you know, I go to church. And I feel like God is putting people into my life that I'm actually cognizant of. I feel like I'm listening more. Okay. Connecting more because I could just go to the tasks and, um, yeah. And so this is a person that you expect to have more conversations with, right? Yeah, and yeah. I hope so. I hope it, it'll grow into that. I was thinking about what is the church? Mm-hmm. Who is the church? We are the church. Um, we've been through a lot. COVID has affected the church mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and, and even recently, you know, what, what we've been going through here. And I thought, my goodness, I was thinking about my move. There were nine people in both my homes packing up and unpacking. There were people from the, the connections and, and, and the guest uh, area mm -hmm. and the ushers. There, were, there was a greeter, there was a, a guitar player, there was a bass player, there was a hymn singer, piano player from nine o'clock. There was, uh, oh my goodness, 
people who represent Christ and are the church. And we love each other. Mm-hmm. And we have that one thing in common, the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God puts you in these huddles. Mm. Like that group of nine that day. Yeah. And then he sends you out. To, you know, you're, you're a disciple who's, God is saying, okay, let's do a little disciple work over here. You know, let's have a little disciple conversation over there. Yeah, and we all go through trials in our lives. And this new rhythm that I have with God permeates my day, mm. permeates my relationships. It doesn't mean my life is perfect. Friday was my son's birthday. And he passed away almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. But people from my church family, the church, the body of Christ, connected with me, spent time with me on that day. Because we all go through loss. Yes. And we can encourage each other with the strengthening power of God. Anything else you want to share? Rest. Um, I think it's probably the thing that eludes us the most right now. Rest. To rest in God. If we're not resting, we're, we're being a slave to something. Mm-hmm. And that's my question daily. Am I resting in God or am I being a slave to my to-do list? Very good. Thank you very much, Thank Donna. You. You know, earlier I I posed a few questions that you might be asking yourself. Do I know Jesus personally? Have I surrendered my life to him in faith and repentance? Have I been rebirthed in the spirit? These, These are important questions, so let me share with you the gospel story. There is a God who made this universe and this God made you and you are beautiful in God's eyes. You are stamped with God's image but like all humans we have rebelled against our creator. Uh, We want to create our own identity we are infected with sin. And you know, we can't even live up to our own moral standards, let alone God's. We have hardened our hearts. Do you ever feel that way sometimes? We've hardened our hearts. And if nothing changes, we will take our hardened hearts, hardened hearts from with us from this life into the next life. But the good news, the good news is that God has not given up on you. His loving plan all along was fulfilled at just the right time. The eternal Son, who is one with the Father, came into this world to take on our humanity. Jesus came to show us the way of truth and love. 
He came to atone for our sins. He came to heal our hardened hearts so that we can be with him in this life and in the life to come. It's called salvation. And it's for all who come to Jesus in faith and repentance. And he's inviting you. Will you come? Will you come to him today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this great salvation that you have come to bring us. We know that you are here now. You are among us. You have come to us, and now by faith we come to you. Lord Jesus, I, I confess, I know I'm a sinner. I resist you. I want my own way. I want to do things my way. I, I, I want to create my own identity. My heart becomes hard. So please forgive me. Change me. Soften my heart. Give me, Lord, a new identity, the, the one I was made for. Lord, I, I want to be yours. I, I want to belong to you, and, and I want to receive your promise that, that you will be with me forever. So, Lord, here I am. Take me. I give myself all over to you, and I ask you to pour your Holy Spirit into me head to toe and make your home in me. This is my prayer. And now, let's join together in the prayer that Jesus wants all his disciples to keep praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand.